Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. It is good to see you in the house of the Lord. Thank you for joining us via live stream. It's our third sermon in our series of the I Am Statements of Christ. Our passage will be found in John's Gospel, chapter 11. This is the famous story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. It is here in this passage that Jesus demonstrates his power over death and the grave by raising Lazarus from a tomb of death. This is the prelude to Christ on victory over death, hell, and the grave. Now, the very premise of Christianity, the crux of our faith is resurrection power. In other words, God takes things that are dead and brings them back to life. And how many are thankful for resurrection power? It may be a sinner saved by grace. It may be a marriage restored by the power of God. It may be hope once lost, restored and renewed. Love once dead, resurrected and empowered. It may be one declaring, I was blind, but now I see. Another saying, I was lost, but now I am found. How many can declare, I once was lost, but now I am found. See, resurrection power and life is available to all who believe in Jesus Christ. And I am thankful for the hope that we have in Christ. And it's this hope that I believe the church must speak about. It's this hope that you must declare to our community and to the lost of our society that there is hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for the life of Christ recorded in the scriptures for our benefit. So as John declared in his last chapter of his gospel, chapter 20, verse 31, he says, these things are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of of his name. John wrote his gospel so that they could know and understand and believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that they would discover this power, this anointing for life and living. My hope today is that you will discover this anointing, this resurrection power for life and living today. Let's look at John's gospel, chapter 11, verse 1, reading out of the New Living Translation. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord... Your dear friend is sick. The old English says it this way. The one you love is sick. 
But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Go down to verse 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. Verse 25, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Can you say amen? amen? And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Martha? You'll notice in your notes, the first thing we're going to talk about is this, a friend who loves. Now, our passage, our story centers around Martha, Mary, Lazarus, and Jesus. Now, most of the time when we read stories like this, we hurry to the miracle. And sometimes we miss the powerful truths presented in the narrative. Most of us like a quick fix. Amen? We like to hurry up and get it over with and get to the solution. But don't miss what God is doing in the details. Can I remind you, God often is in the details. You will find him in the midst of what you're walking through. One of the things that we're allowed to see is how relational Jesus was with others. As the eternal word dwelling among us. He was a man of relationships. Now, let me give you a couple observations that I don't have in your notes, but, but one is this. Delay does not mean denial. And someone needs to hear that. Delay does not mean denial. Some of you are living in that moment of delay. And maybe you're losing hope. Maybe you're giving up. But the Holy Spirit wants me to let you know, delay does not mean denial. Now, there are some things I feel the Lord gave me to help you in, that, in the middle of the delay. There's four things I think that you can do when you're in this season of delay. Write it out on the side of your notes. Stay positive. It's so important. Stay positive. How many times have we spoke death to a situation that God never intended for death to come to? How many times have we killed something that God never meant for it to, to die all because of the way we were speaking, the words we were using? James in his book, his letter says this, within the tongue lies the power of life and death. Let me encourage you, stay positive. You may be in a season of delay, but 
Let the Lord work in that season of your life. Live in faith. When you're in that season, live in faith. Don't give in to doubt. Live in faith. Push through the hard places. This is so important. you got to push through. Hard places will come. Difficult moments will happen. But don't quit in the midst of the difficulty. Push through the hard places. You will make it. You will survive. You will overcome. Because you're just in the middle of a delay and not a denial. And then you got to do this. Live as if today may be your miracle. Go ahead and praise him now like you would if the answer was already given. Go ahead and worship him now as if you would if your body was healed, if those prison doors were open, if that prodigal came home. Go ahead and worship him now. Go ahead and live today as if today is your miracle. Another observation I see is this is a situation that was to bring glory to the Father and to the Son. Let me give you an important thought. What you are walking through can bring glory and honor to the Father. Sometimes we look at our situations and we forget that the Lord can use this to bring glory to his name, to bring glory to his kingdom. Live. All the more reason to practice these four things I just spoke about because what you're walking through is going to bring glory to the Father and to the Son. And when you get to the other side, you're going to be so thankful that you held on. You're going to be so thankful that you didn't give up. You're going to be so thankful you didn't quit because it's all going to make sense when the promise comes. You're in the middle of the delay, but delay does not mean denial. We learn something. We learn something about love in the instance of Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave. Let's talk just for a moment a love that goes beyond goes beyond the current crisis, goes beyond the current situation. In verse 3, it says, The two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling them, Lord, your dear friend is sick. The Old English translates the word, the one you love is sick. Now, the reason it uses that word, uh, your dear friend, is because the Greek word is philio, which means brotherly love which means a love for another as if they are your brother. You care deeply for them. And then notice verse 5. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, there's another word for love. He stayed where he was for the next two days. Now what is interesting is John uses a different word for love. Here he uses the word Agape. And John is bringing a powerful truth. Agape is a different type or kind of love. It is God's supernatural, all-consuming love. What this is saying is that God's love for us may be demonstrated in a way that we don't always understand. They were expecting Jesus to come immediately. But it says he loved them 
and he stayed two more days. It doesn't make sense on the surface when you just look at it. Because he loved Lazarus, he delayed to come. Why would he do this? Because God wanted to do more than they were expecting. And I need you to hear this today. A truth bomb. God is wanting to do more than you are expecting. You're in that delay. You're wondering, Lord, if you really love me, why don't you come? Why don't you help me? Why don't you answer at this moment? Could it be that God is wanting to do more than you are expecting, than you ever dreamed of? possible? Could it be that God is going to use the situation you're walking through to demonstrate his love to your children, his love to your grandchildren, and to generations to come? Could it be that God wants to do more than your eyes can see? It's a powerful truth. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God's prepared for those who love him. You can't even begin to dream of all that God has in store for you. He wrote this in Ephesians 3.20, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. See, God's able to do more than you can ask or even dream of. Could it be that God is positioning you to do more than you've ever thought possible? His delay was all that God might get the glory and that God might glorify the Son through this miracle. They were looking for Jesus to come and touch their brother and heal him of a sickness. But God was about to do something greater, something more powerful. God was about to bring their brother back to life. Resurrection and life. Could it be that God wants to do more than you thought possible? We live in the here and now. God lives in the eternal. We are interested in what will benefit us now. What will make my life a little bit more comfortable now? What will make me a little bit happier and a little more fulfilled now? But God is thinking and he sees the big picture. His thinking is more in the lines of what can I do to make them more like Jesus? What can I do to conform them to the image of my son? And how can I transform you and make you stronger spiritually? See, we will ask for certain things that seem to work within our life, but God is looking at the broader picture. And that is exactly what is happening in this story. I want you to notice something else I see. It's found in verse 7 and 8 and verse 16. Love takes risk. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected, Rabbi, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Now go down to verse 16. 
Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. We see the peril of the situation. But you see the love that Christ displayed for his friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. It was just a few days before they took up stones to, to kill Jesus and to stone him. And Jesus left the area of Judea. And when the word came that his friend was sick and dying, Jesus was willing to risk all to go and minister to his friends. It's a wonderful picture of the word coming down into our world, willing to risk, willing to undergo temptation, willing to walk in the perils of our life because he loved you, because he wanted a relationship with you, because he loved humankind. I want to remind you God loves you. His love is willing to risk for you. And can I ask you a very pointed, pointed question? Who are you willing to risk love for? Are you willing to place yourself in a situation where you might be misunderstood? You might be maligned because your love is greater than the threat? I'm so thankful that Jesus' love was much greater than the threat. Write this under C, love cares. Look at verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Now go down to verse 32. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, just like her sister, If you had only been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people welling with her, a deep anger welled up within him. He was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. He cried. The people who were standing nearby said, see, see how much he loved him. And, and some said, this man healed a blind man. Could he not have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb and in, in a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protests protested, Lord, he's been in the grave for four days. The smell will be terrible. Notice as Jesus arrives, he sees the commotion. He sees the grief-stricken family. He sees the mourners who have, who have collected and gathered to be a support system to Martha and to Mary. And Jesus wept. John in his gospel stresses that we have a God who cares. And this is a contrast to a Greek concept of, of a God that was popular in John's day. And that Greek concept was this, of a God with no emotions, no empathy for humans. But here we see that Jesus wept, that he was 
angered with inside himself when he saw the pain and the misery that death brought. Jesus often expressed deep emotion. We must never be afraid to reveal our true feelings to Christ. Jesus was a man of deep emotions. It was so deep that it caused the ones that were watching, oh, how he dearly loved them. Which brings us to our second point, the I am statement. I am the resurrection and life. Going back to verse 20, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, yes, I know he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. I am. I am is standing over death. I am. The eternal word of God is standing at the grave. And whenever Jesus stands at the grave, there is hope. There is hope In our sorrow, there is peace in our grief. The sun can shine in the midst of our darkness. The I am is standing there ministering over the tomb of death. Some commentaries take this I am statement to be two. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Think about how grand the claim of Jesus is. Only God can make this claim. I am resurrection I am life. It is here that Jesus is revealing his true nature. Jesus is revealing his deity. He is revealing that he is the eternal word of God. And he is standing at the tomb declaring, I am resurrection. I am life. I want you to hear this today. No matter what you're facing, the I am is with you. Through the eternal spirit of the living God, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. You've not been forsaken, but I am is with you. Allow the resurrection power of Christ to fill you. Allow the life of Jesus to anoint you. You can make it. You can overcome. You can survive this crisis. You might be in delay, but you're not in denial. God's about to show up and God's about to work on your behalf. Somebody give God praise today. Verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this? Martha. Martha said, Lord, I believe. A great question for each of us is do you believe? Can you say, I believe? Allow me to read verse 25 out of the message, the paraphrase. You don't have to wait for the end. I am right now. 
resurrection and life. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You don't have to wait till you die. Right now, I am life. I am resurrection. Somebody needs to get that in your spirit. You don't have to go through what you're walking through and it all be futile. Hear me. There is purpose. There is meaning. He's resurrection now. He is anointing now. He is life now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. You have the favor of God today. You got the favor of God right now. There's an anointing upon you. There is, there is a calling over you. And he declares, I am resurrection and I am life. Write this under C, come out. Oh, I love those words. Come out. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Again, the people nearby said, see how much he loved him. Some were questioning, well, if he'd have showed up on time, he could have saved him. He could have kept him from dying. Jesus, verse 38, was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Speaking of finality. Speaking of completion. Death. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. His body's already started decaying, decomposing. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here today so that they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. I love those words, come out. Some of you need to hear those words, come out. The old Puritan preacher is recorded Old Puritan pastor said this, if he had not called Lazarus by name, then there would have been many tombs opened that day. <laughs> but he said, Lazarus, come out. Some of you are in a tomb of death. Some of you are wallowing in the mess of yesterday. Some of you are still living in the past. Hear me, the Holy Spirit says, come out of that tomb, come out of that death trap, come out of that situation and live. I am resurrection, I am life. Hear the Holy Spirit say, come out of that grave, get out of that dead situation, come out of that depression, get out of that sickness, get out of that disease, come out of that conflict. Sometimes the best thing you can do, church, is just get up and began to walk. Get up and to keep going. Get up and say, I will not be defeated, but I'm going to get up and walk out of that grave. Oh, I love it when we sing. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave. 
see yourself getting up and moving forward. The Holy Spirit gave me something this morning. How do you come out of that brokenness, brokenness, that grave? You got to receive and accept the truth of Jesus. You got to get up and you got to start taking steps. Some of you are waiting for somebody to come along and rescue you. And Jesus is there saying, get up and start walking yourself. Get up and start taking some steps. Finally, remove the grave clothes. Verse 44, the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in the grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. I love how the New Living Translation records. John says the dead man came up. Dead man got up. <laughs> There's no question. Lazarus wasn't sleeping. He was dead. <laughs> The story tells us he'd been there four days. If you know anything about science, you know anything about death and dying, the body begins to compose. Martha even objected and said, Lord, the old English says, surely he stinketh by now. <laughs> but hear me, John, John says, the dead man got up. He heard resurrection and life. He heard the eternal word of God. And the grave couldn't hold him. Death could not keep him. He had to get up out of that grave. He had to walk out of there. But then there were those around that had to unwrap the grave clothes. Now, I want to bring a spiritual parallel here. Some of you... You've been awakened by Christ. You've been called. You've been chosen. You've been anointed by God. But you still got some grave clothes on you. And it's time you unwrap them. It's time you take those grave clothes off. It's time you walk in the victory and the authority that Christ has given you. Another parallel I see is this. Jesus incorporated those around to unwrap him. Possibly it was so they would understand as they touched Lazarus, this was for real. It wasn't a figment of their imagination. But there's a spiritual parallel here of others helping one another unwrap the grave clothes. Can you be a friend who sticks closer than a brother? Can you be one who will love people past their hurt, past their pain, and help them unravel to death grave clothes of their past? Will you come alongside them? Will you walk with them? Will you love them and let them know their destiny in Christ Jesus? You who are still walking with grave clothes on you, I want you to realize the authority you have in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Let go of that depression. Let go of that mindset. Let go of that negativity. He has set you free. You are chosen, called, anointed by God. He said, come out of that grave. So get up and you walk out of that grave and you free yourself from those grave clothes in the name of Jesus. Somebody is here and you're holding on to bitterness.
you're holding on to the past. You're holding on to the hurt. The dysfunction has become so intertwined in your life that it's become normal. You've become comfortable in the trappings of the old. There's a church that will help you called Glad Tidings to unravel the grave clothes. There are friends who will look past your current crisis, love you into the destiny that God's called you to. They will help you unwrap the grave clothes to walk in the freedom that you have in Christ. John records the words of Jesus, whom the Son makes free, is free indeed. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, for declaring the I am the resurrection, and the life. If any man comes to me and believes, though he dies, yet shall he live. For I pray, I pray that we would come to that place of belief, that place of surrender, that place of faith. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait till we die to enjoy the resurrection and life. We can enjoy the blessings of being saved today. As our head is bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to give opportunity for you to come home. I want to give opportunity for you to believe. I want to give opportunity for you to accept and make a confession that Christ is your Lord. Christ is your Savior. Maybe you're here in person. Maybe you're home watching via live stream. God loves you. God is here to help you. Today's the day of salvation. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you would like to acknowledge him as the resurrection and the life, and to begin to enter into the privileges of eternal life, all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is believe and confess him as your Lord and Savior. If that is you, real quick, just lift your hand toward heaven and say, Pastor, I want to believe. I want to accept. I want to say yes. You at home acknowledge by saying, by saying yes on that screen. Right there in your living room, invite Jesus into your life. Thank you. How do you walk in resurrection power? How do you walk in this life? Sometimes you just got to get up. You got to take steps and walk out of that tomb. Maybe the enemy has told you, I got you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can talk about Jesus, but you're still covered up in those gray clothes. Why not give the devil a black eye this morning?
and to say, I'm going to take off those grave clothes. I'm going to walk in the newness of life. I'm going to walk in resurrection power. I wonder if we as a church, can we stand together? And will you begin to make your way down front as we enter to a time of worship? Will you come forward? And by coming forward, you're saying, I'm taking off those grave clothes. I'm taking off the remnants of the past. I'm releasing that hurt. I'm releasing that pain. I'm releasing that bitterness. I'm releasing that unforgiving spirit. I'm, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. My past cannot dominate me. My past cannot keep me in that tomb. That past cannot keep me in those grave clothes. I'm free. In Jesus' name, I'm free.